to Psalm 34. I want to look at verses 15 through 22 to start off with. <clears throat> now, excuse my voice. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had fun last night. Let's just put it that way. Hallelujah. Psalm 34, verse 15 through 22, says this. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, and save such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate, right, hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. All right, well, today I want to talk to you about God's divine protection in the battles that we as Christians face on this earth. How many of you know there is a provision for divine protection from the Lord? And I believe the Lord wants to wants me to speak a word of encouragement to you today. He wants you to know that his eye is upon his people. I said his eyes are upon his people. The word of God says that he neither sleeps, he doesn't slumber. God is looking out for us, his people. He has not forsaken you. He has not forgotten about you. Now turn over to Ephesians chapter 6. Divine protection in the battle, I call this message here. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Let's lay a foundation here. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against rulers of the darkness of this age. It's not talking about leaders, those who are leaders in high positions in the natural, because it says it's not against flesh and blood, amen? But against the rulers of darkness of this age, here it is, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly realms. We must understand that our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against that person at work. It's not against that relative who's just been coming against you like, you know, it just won't quit. The true battle is a battle that's raging in the spiritual against Satan and evil spirits. For they're the ones that are motivating these people, motivating evil people. Are you hearing me? And if we don't acknowledge or understand that fact, we are going to live a very defeated life as a Christian on this earth. Because you're, you're thinking that your real enemy is that person. So what happens? You, you get offense, don't you? You get offense. You get offended. You're holding unforgiveness and bitterness toward an individual. When really, all you're doing is you're coming against the fruit and not dealing with the root of the problem. Which is a spiritual battle. <clears throat> Amen? And the real enemy, John 10.10, 10, the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. He is our real enemy. The devil is our real enemy. And we are in dire need of God's supernatural protection in this day and hour. Psalm 91.1, turn there with me. 
Psalm 91, verse 1. It's interesting, last week I talked about the joy of the Lord. Now I felt like I need to talk about his divine protection in the battle. Why? They all go together. It all fits in. Psalm 91, verse 1 says, He who dwells and remains in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now listen to this. The word that's translated almighty that is referring to God is the Hebrew word Shaddai. What does Shaddai mean? The word Shaddai means all-powerful. Now perhaps you've heard another Christian say you heard the word El Shaddai. They put E-L in front of Shaddai. El Shaddai during a prayer or praise and worship. El Shaddai means God Almighty. This name of God refers to God's greatness and strength. It's saying that he is the all-sufficient God, and listen, that he's eternally capable of being all that his people need. He can provide every need that you have today. El Shaddai, he is El Shaddai. He is God Almighty. With him, nothing is impossible. Amen? What is it that you need to put you over to victory in life? God is able and he's willing to supply that need in your life. Amen? Now, the secret place of the Most High. What is the secret place of the Most High? So many people make that a spooky thing. Oh, the secret place of the Most High. You know, and, and they, it's like, okay, explain to me. What is this secret place? You want to know what the secret place is? Abiding in Christ. Abiding in Christ. By faith. A life of faith. Abiding in Christ. Living a holy life. That is the secret place. Under the shadow of the Almighty. Now remember this. I said this before. I'll say it again. The secret place. is It's not called the secret place. To be kept a secret from us as Christians. Well then what's it talking about? It's the secret place. Or a hiding place for us. From our enemies. It's a secret from our enemies. That's what the secret place is. It's not supposed to be a secret from us. Because God's saying. Come on. Go to this secret place. Under my shadow of the Almighty. Are you hearing me? It's a secret from the enemy. When you are standing in faith in Jesus Christ and you're living that holy life, my, 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 you're under the shadow of the Most High. Now, but listen, with with this divine protection in the battles that we face in life, we must keep the line of communication open between us and our Heavenly Father. We must keep that line of communication. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I am convinced that God is so gracious and merciful to his children that any time that, that, that there's danger ahead of us, I truly believe that he is trying to get our attention to prevent us and protect us. I, I am convinced of that. I mean, you, hear, you heard the testimonies at uh, the 9-11 attacks and all that. Uh, in in airliners that went down, there are always testimonies of people who said, I I just felt like I shouldn't uh, go to work that day or I shouldn't have got on that airplane. What is it? Hello, that's the Holy Spirit sounding the alarm on the inside of you. And we need to keep this line of communication open between us and our Heavenly Father. 
Hallelujah. Go to John 16, 13. <clears throat> I, I'm telling you, I, I'm so convinced. Well, you, you really believe that, Pastor James, all the time that God, yes, I do. If you're his child, he is trying to keep you safe from harm and danger. I mean, what kind of a father would want to send their kid into, into uh, a situation? Are you hearing me? God is trying to protect his children. John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears from heaven, from the Father, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit, it says, will tell us, or I like the King James, to be honest with you better. It says the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. As a Christian, there shouldn't be anything that should take us by surprise. Because the Holy Spirit is there to show us what is to come. Now, show us things to come. I say I like that because there's times, have you ever, has the Lord ever given you a dream? Have you ever had a dream and, and he was trying to warn you of danger coming ahead in your life? Or you had a vision, he gave you a vision. He was trying to protect you. I, that's why I like King James where it says he will show you things to come. But, in fact, he will tell you to. And one way he tells you is by if you don't have peace about something, don't go there. If you don't have peace about something, don't go there. If you have an uneasiness about something, I'm not just talking about in your flesh, something you know you need to do, but I'm talking about if you really don't have a peace, you just feel like you shouldn't go here. You shouldn't make this decision that's the Holy Spirit telling you, don't go there. He's always, the Holy Spirit's always trying to lead us and guide us into all truth. He's trying to keep us on that narrow road. He's, he's always trying to give us instructions to keep us under the shadow of the Almighty God. The Holy Spirit is ready and willing to reveal every plan, scheme, and trap that Satan has set for us. For us, our children, our family, and sometimes he even gives you a word of knowledge for another individual. Especially if you're an intercessor. If you're interceding, you're praying for someone. That's when, when, the, when the Holy Ghost knows he can trust you with something to show you uh, something in a person's life where they're, they're going on a road that's going to lead them into danger and the Holy Spirit lays it upon your heart to pray for them. Are you hearing me? But he is ready and willing to reveal every plan of the, in fact, I just in my prayer life, and you should add this too, I say, Lord, I, I pray that you would just show me, reveal to me what Satan's trying to do in my family. What's he trying to, what kind of traps is he trying to set in my marriage? What kind of traps is he trying to set in this ministry? Are you hearing me? Yeah. And so, you know, invite the Holy Spirit. Say, what, you know, Lord, show me, show me. What is Satan trying to do? What are these traps? Give me discernment. I want to know. I want to cut this thing off. I want to, I want to go around. I want to go around this hole. I, I don't want to fall in it. In the Holy Spirit, I mean, come on. We're, we're, the chi we're a child of God. We should expect that kind of leading from the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Not only does he want us to know what the enemy's planning, like I said, but he wants to give us the battle plan. He wants to give us the wisdom, and he wants to protect us from that. Go to James chapter 1. 
Let me just build on this again here. James chapter 1, verses 5 and 8, 5 through 8. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given him. And then it goes on to say, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything of the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. We as Christians are called to live by faith. If you, if you got a problem with the word faith, uh, you got a problem with Jesus then. Are you hearing me? We're, this is a walk of faith. It's not, it says we walk by faith, not by sight. It is a walk of faith. Now, to have that faith, you got to know how much God cares about you. If you don't know how much God cares about you, you're, not, you're, you're always going to have in your mind, well, God's too busy for me. He, he just, you know, I, I'm not even going to bother him about this. You need to know and have a revelation how much God loves you and treasures you. You're precious to him as his child. And you also have to know then, are you ready for this? I want you to notice that this scripture says that God is a liberal giver. I, have you found that out about God yet? He's a liberal giver. I like that. But I want you to notice also, it says that we need to ask him. In other words, what's it saying? He's a liberal giver when you call on him. When you when you call out to him, when you ask him for, th for, for this wisdom, he's going to give it to you liberally. You know what liberally means? He's not going to hold back. Why? Well, again, this should be more proof of how much God loves you. He is so willing to give. And again, it goes back to the whole authority thing, how we have authority on this earth. He's given us authority, and that's why we need to ask for this. It's like, it's like we're the ones that uh, are controlling the windows of heaven. Are you hearing me? We're the ones that call upon him, ask for wisdom. Oh, he's asking, here it goes. Oh, she's asking, here it goes. Are you hearing me? Yeah. It all goes back to the authority issue of how we have authority on this earth, and we have a free will. And that's why we need to use our free will to advance the kingdom of God and not ourselves, not our own will. Amen? Isaiah 59, go there with me. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Isaiah 59, verse 19. And, I, and I'm really focusing on the second part of this scripture. It, it's a principle. It's a principle in the kingdom of God. It says, I'm going down to the half, down halfways there. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Now, some people look at that and they say, when the enemy comes in like a flood, they look at it as, as well, the enemy's coming in like a flood. Some people say, oh, no, no, no. No, that says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. So, what, is, what, what way is it? My, question, my thing is, who cares? Either way, God's on our side, and a standard's going to be lifted up. I mean, there's no sense arguing over that point, amen? All we know is, when the enemy comes in, if the enemy's coming in our lives like a flood, who cares? The standard's going to be lifted up. Are you hearing me? 
The Holy Spirit is always with us. He is always on guard for us. He is always ready to lift us up above the attacks of the enemy and circumstances. Go to Psalm 91 again here. Psalm, I'm talking about divine protection in the battles that we face. <clears throat> Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12. For he, God, shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. See, God has given his holy angels charge over us to keep us, it says, in some of our ways. No. No. Oh, in all of our ways. See, President Bush and all these high-class people, they do have bodyguards. But we have a heavenly bodyguard that never sleeps, that never slumbers, that never get tired, that never get weak. Are you hearing me? We are not in this battle alone. You may feel like it right now, but who said that you're supposed to base your faith on emotions anyways? Your faith is supposed to be based on what God's word says. So set those emotions to the side and start rejoicing on what the word says. See, you may not see in the natural a light in the tunnel right now in your situation. But just know that God's angels, and this is a fact, God's angels are hard at work for you right now. According to Hebrews 1.14, they're at work for you, the heirs of salvation. You know, the Bible says that we are soldiers on this earth as Christians. We're soldiers for the Lord Jesus Christ. And with the help of a heavenly army, the only way that we can lose this battle or any battle, any circumstance that we come up against, the only way we can lose is if we have a lack of knowledge of knowing God's will and if we're not listening or being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Those two ingredients. Those two ingredients. A lack of knowledge of what God's will is. And if you're not being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to give you an example from the Word of God about how the Lord will show us or tell us things to come and how to protect us from harm and danger. Go to uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 2. After the birth of Jesus Christ, Herod was not a happy man. He was furious. He, he was hearing these rumors that the king, a king was born somewhere. He was furious. In fact, he was motivated by Satan to kill every male child from newborn to the age of two, I believe it is. And now look at this. Matthew chapter 2, verses 12 through 15. It says this. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. Isn't that awesome? For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. 
When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, Jesus and Mary, and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Now, an angel of the Lord warned Joseph in a dream to get out of town, get out of Dodge. And then after Herod died, the Lord said, okay, it's, it's okay to leave Egypt now. Now listen, that was, that was divine. That was divine protection in a battle. Now I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are saying, yeah, but that's Jesus Christ. That was to protect, protect Jesus. And you know what? We aren't Jesus. We're not as special as Jesus. Why would God care about us? Let me show you a passage in Scripture that will change your whole life if you will simply take hold of it with childlike faith. Are you ready? Go to John, go to John 17. Go to John 17, verses 20 through 23. I'm telling you right now, if you will simply take hold of this, this Scripture and stand on it, Oh my goodness, this will revolutionize your Christian walk with the Lord. This is Jesus praying to his heavenly Father. Listen, he said, I do not pray for those alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be one in us, Notice it says us there. It's talking about the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them. He's talking about Christians. That they may be one just as we are one. He's talking about unity. Are you ready for this? I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect or mature, the body of Christ, mature, unity, unified in one, that, and that the world may know that you have sent me, listen, and have loved them, Christians, as you have loved me. The amount that God the Father loved his very son Jesus, he loves you and I as Christians the same way. Now, that's shouting material. Come on. It'll sink in a couple days later as you meditate on that scripture. <laughs> but I'm, if you can really take hold of that fact, that will change your life. And sometimes, to be honest with you, we're so conditioned to reading a scripture and it just kind of, oh yeah, yeah. But as you meditate upon it, you think about it, oh, God, do you really love me? All, just one day, I guarantee you, if you really meditate on that scripture, it will click. And it will revolutionize your life. Hallelujah. But when you think, when you read a verse like that, that God the Father loves us just as much as he loves his son Jesus Christ, why else would one of the major themes and benefits throughout the whole Bible is where God is encouraging us, fear not. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Why? Why, why, why is God the Father really put these things in the word because he loves us just as much as he loves jesus he because he loves you and i so much 
We don't even have a clue. Do you, do you love your children? You love your children, don't you? You'd do anything for your children, right? I mean, any, any sane parent would. Now, that's a natural love. Now, think about, oh, I feel the anointing just saying it. Think about the supernatural love that God the Father has for each one of you personally, his children. It just blows your mind when you stop and think about it. I mean, the more you read and study the Word of God, you can't but help to realize how special you are. You know, it's interesting. I heard a minister say, now, I, I didn't check this out myself, but I heard several of them say, so, so go and check it out for yourself. I'm just going to throw this out. It's interesting. I heard these ministers say that the Word of God uses the phrase, fear not, 365 times in the word of God one fear not for every day of the year is that amazing go check it out for yourself go to Psalms 46 Psalm 46 isn't that just like our heavenly father though to, to, to just stick that little token of love in there one fear not for every day oh hallelujah Psalms 46 Verses 1 through 3, I want to start with. It says, God is, not was, or not sometimes. It says, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though its waters roar and be troubled. Though the mountains shake with its swelling. Selah. The phrase, a very present help in trouble, also means this, an abundantly available help. An abundantly available help. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And we need to take hold of that reality. Verse 2 goes on to say, therefore we will not fear. Well, the very, you know, when, when the word therefore is using, therefore means take hold of what was just spoken. It's pointing back to the previous scripture. Are you hearing me? So therefore, the very reason the word of God gives us for not fearing is that he is a very present help in trouble. I mean, we should just be shouting if it says he's, he's, he's help in trouble. No, he's very present uh, the fact is, even if you don't feel him, even if you don't see his manifest glory cloud, he's an ever-present help. He's there with you. And that's where, come on, faith kicks in. That's where faith kicks in. Call upon him in your time of need. He will not fail you. In your circumstance, call out the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is the name above every name. Those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I talked about last night at the healing service. Salvation is a package deal. It includes deliverance. To be delivered, it includes healing, to be cured. And, and so, I, I mean, the whole package deal. So when you say the name of Jesus, you're calling upon that package deal. Yes. Hallelujah. Look at Psalm 46, 4 through 8 now. I like this. This gets even better. 
It says, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged. Yeah, the nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord who has made desolations in the earth. Oh my goodness, listen to this. There is, the scripture says, there is a river that makes glad the city of God. Guys, there is a river. There, the river of the presence and the glory of God brings life, joy, and grace in the midst of your battle. Have you ever been through a battle? And when Alyssa was in, in the hospital for five months, Elizabeth and I still are amazed by this. When we were in the midst of that battle, there was a supernatural peace over us. Have you know what I'm, you ever been in a battle and there's just a supernatural peace? It was like just a bubble. All these doctors are constantly, you know, you could tell they're, they're thinking, man, this, this baby could die at any time. <laughs> Elizabeth and I are just kind of, you know, clueless and, uh, you know, thank you, Lord, you know, and we, st- we stood in faith. <clears throat> Guys, we couldn't do that ourselves. That was the strength of the Holy Ghost. There is a river. There is a river. <clears throat> and it brings life, joy, grace, and peace in the midst of whatever you're encountering in life. In the trials of life, many Christians avoid and dam up that river. Instead, they choose to jump into a sewer of doubt and unbelief and depression. I'm telling you, you've got to choose to jump in the river. We need to allow that river to flow on the inside of us. And we need to go with the flow of the Spirit of God. See, that is the very river that will carry you out of your trial victoriously. Don't fight the current. Don't fight the current. You know, and and to be honest with you, one of the things that really kept me strong during that trial, I was attending Ramah Bible Training Center. We're, I mean, I was five days a week in Bible school, and I was in, um, you know, we were attending church Sundays, of course, at Rama Bible Church. So, I mean, I was getting filled with work. But don't think for one moment, if I would have backed off from all that, I could have chosen not to jump in that river. I could have fought the current and let doubt, fear, and unbelief overtake me. Are you hearing me? That's the importance of getting into the Word of God. In letting him surround you. <clears throat> now, it says, I, now I want you to notice that it says, the river shall make glad the city of God. What is the city of God? I, the Lord showed me, he's talking right here. You, I mean, you know, different scriptures can apply to different things. You, there's, it's double reference. You can apply it to different things. But he was saying the city of God, the church. The river shall make glad the church. Listen, it says the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. How many of you know that scripture that says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? I'm, I'm applying this to New Covenant here. And it goes on to say God is in the midst of her, the church. Interesting how it called, why does it call us her? Because we as Christians are the bride of Christ. All of us who are Christians. 
We are the bride of Christ. And it says, she shall not be moved. The only thing, stick this in your memory bank and don't forget it. The only thing that should move us is the river of God. The Holy Ghost. That's the only thing that should move us. Psalm 46, look at verses 9 through 11 now. It says, he, God, makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in fire. Here's a popular passage. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. I like that. It says God breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in fire. What is that saying? That there is no weapon formed against us, the church, that shall prosper. There's no weapon that Satan and evil spirits or any wicked and evil person can form against us if we will simply trust, have confidence in, have childlike faith in God's holy word. Verse 10 goes on to say, be still and know that I am God. We need to simply know, and I said simply, don't make it hard. We need to simply know and acknowledge that God is for us and he's not against us. Come on. Even if you're a sinner in this place or even if, if you're a sinner listening to me on the internet and radio, you know something? God doesn't hate you. He, he sent his son Jesus that you would be saved. In fact, he, he can't wait for the day. I said he can't wait for the day until you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Oh, he can't wait. Now, he's not very happy with the choices you've been making. He's not very happy that you've been rejecting him. But the fact still remains, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for you and for me. For every person on the face of this earth. Can you say amen? amen. Isn't it great, though, how the word of God confirms itself? There are absolutely no contradictions in it. And that's why we can build our, our life upon it. And we can reject the package that Satan tries to bring our way. Go to Psalm 18. Are you getting anything out of this today? <clears throat> we need to be sober. We need to be vigilant. Because our adversary, our enemy, the devil, is out like a, roaming, a, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Whom he may devour. Whoever opens the door. Guys, we need to have faith. I, I just feel it on the inside of me. We are entering this season. Come on, with this push. Yeah, even for personally in this ministry. With the push that we're making in this area. Come on, you don't think the devil's mad? Come on, you don't think Satan and evil spirits are upset? We need God's divine protection. Amen? I mean, CD's going out to Iraq. By the way, soldiers, we love you. This, this message is going to go to them. Because they need divine protection in the battle. So soldiers, we're with you, we're praying for you, and we love you. Amen, RCC? Yeah. 
Yeah, there you go. Hallelujah. All right. But talk to Sister Sharon over there. She has been a tremendous blessing on getting these to the, uh, to the soldiers in Iraq. Phenomenal. Talk to her, and she will give you some more information about how, she, how, every, how God's opening the door. It's phenomenal. Psalm 18, 1 through 3. It says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. Notice our wills involved with loving God. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. In other words, if you're not loving God, you're not going to have this confidence. You're loving him, oh my, the Lord is. Then you can boldly say, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust. Again, your will's involved. Things in the kingdom are not automatic. Your will is involved in it. My shield and, my horn, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. See, the devil has evil strongholds, but God has righteous strongholds. Hallelujah. Verse 3, I will call upon the Lord. There it is again. You see all the, I will, I will, I will. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Again, this psalm has given us more evidence of God's saving and delivering power from our enemies. Verse 3, the psalmist says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. Like I said, it takes your free will to call upon the Lord. And you are drawing near to him when you're calling upon him. Are you not? When you're calling upon him, it's like in the natural, you taking a step toward the Lord. And what does James 4, 8 say? It says, when you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. In other words, God is saying this, because I've given you authority on this earth, you take the first step, and I'll tell you what, my child, when you take that first step, I'm going to take a step toward you. You keep coming toward me, I keep coming toward you. Interesting, Jesus taught us to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why did he say that? Because we need to invite God to intervene on this earth. All comes down to the authority factor. And this is why so many Christians are living a defeated life. Because they're not learning that truth. They're not learning this truth. And those are the ones who say, well, whatever happens must be the will of God. Well, I blew that in the, out of the water last night in the healing service. Because if you believe that, you believe then, you take that same school of thought, you believe rape, molestation, murder, all of these things are the will of God. Because I guarantee you right now they're happening somewhere on the face of this earth. Now who's foolish enough to raise their hand and say, I believe those things are the will of God. I didn't think so. So when you call upon the Lord, you're taking the first step which causes God to intervene, which invites God to intervene in your situation. And it is because of your faith, because you believed enough to acknowledge him in that circumstance. Now I want you to notice, I want you to notice the connection that verse 3 makes between calling upon the Lord and that he's worthy to be praised. Could the word of God be inferring that calling upon the Lord 
should involve praise to God. Could it be? Now that is true faith. When you can praise God in the storms of life, when you can praise God when you're on the battlefield in Iraq, some soldiers need to hear that right now. You can praise God that he's with you knowing that he's going to turn a situation around. That's true faith when you can take control of your thought life. Again, I always go back to it. When you can get control of your thought life, you know you flip from, from, from the flesh to the spirit, living in the spirit. That's one of the keys right there. You have an uncontrolled thought life, you're living your life in the flesh, according to your sinful desires, according to the, to the devil's stuff. But when you can, even in the storms of life, you can take hold and draw strength from the word of God, you know you've made the switch from the flesh to the spirit. Amen? Go to Acts chapter 16. Okay. <clears throat> Acts chapter 16. Could it be that calling upon the Lord and praising him are connected? God's saying, praise me in the storm, according to casting crowns. Now, is it, oh good, you've got the King James Version. I, I forgot my King James Bible, but I want you to see this out of the King James Version. It says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And they were in jail now, by the way. And the prisoners heard them. So they weren't quiet. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors in the prison were opened, and everyone's bands or chains were loosed. I would say this is very good evidence right here that calling upon the Lord and praising Him should be synonymous. Oh, God. Oh, help me in this trial. <laughs> no, if you really have faith in God's Word, you should be able to sing praises no matter what you're going through. Amen. Hallelujah. Praising God in the midnight hour of your life will loose the miracle-working power of God and cause Him to intervene in the situation. See, that thing, that thing that, you know, in your trial, the Holy Ghost is trying to fill you with joy. He's trying to, trying to change your perspective on this thing. But, you, but you're not going with it. And the very thing, you, you keep calling, God, get me out of this, get me out of this. But the very thing that you need is to start praising God in the trial. Hallelujah. In the midst of the battle, here's my next point now. In the midst of the battle, we must send forth the word of God by verbally speaking or confessing the word of God in that specific situation. Go to Isaiah 55. The Holy Spirit really impressed this point upon me for today. In the midst of the battles, of the spiritual battles, of the trials that we face on this earth, we must, as Christians, send forth the Word of God by verbally speaking or confessing it in that specific situation. 
Isaiah 55, uh, verse, verses 10 and 11. It says this, For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, or from the sky, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Now the word of God it says in verse 10 that as, as the rain and snow come down from the sky and does not return to the sky, but it waters or blesses the earth, it blesses mankind by producing vegetation and all that stuff, keeps the cycle going. Verse 11 immediately makes the switch comparing that scenario Something in the natural with the word of God that goes forth out of God's mouth. What's the importance of this? What, what is that trying to say? What's God trying to tell us? Listen, let me make a connection here. The word of God is, in fact, God's word. Is it not? And it proceeded out of the mouth of God's Holy Spirit to the writers. Right? We can't deny that fact. The writers of the Bible are not the authors. They were just simply transcribing for God. Are you hearing me? When we speak the word of God. So, so we're not doing any injustice. Because here it says, God is saying, when I send forth my word. We're not doing any injustice when we speak the word of God. Because God did indeed. This came out of God's mouth. The mouth of the Holy Ghost to the writers. Now. So when we speak the word of God, the promises of God, just like the rain and snow, it will not return void or useless, but it will prosper and accomplish the mission it was sent forth to accomplish. Now I'm going to break this down for you into even more practical. It will manifest results and blessings in that situation you're encountering, all right? Now I want you to notice that it says, it shall prosper in that thing which i god has sent it you ready for this i've never seen this in the scripture i never looked at it this way until last night when I, or when i was doing this message and it wasn't last night a few days ago but i want you to notice this the importance of being sensitive to the guidance of the holy spirit and knowing the word of god in other words in your situation or trial what verses or passages keep coming to your remembrance? I guarantee you, in whatever you're facing today, the Holy Spirit's trying to bring to your remembrance a, a verse, a passage, uh, an account in the Word of God. Something, He's trying to get something to you. That is the Holy Spirit trying to prompt you to not only draw strength from those scriptures in your trial, but to speak those scriptures out loud. Pray those scriptures. Speak them into your situation. Send them forth into your situation. The Holy Spirit is trying to give you what is called a rhema word. See, there's the logos word, which is the written word of God. And then there's what's called the 
rhema word, where the Holy Spirit's speaking something to you. It's what they call a right now word. Right now. I guarantee you, I'm telling you, I guarantee you, whatever you're going through, the Holy Spirit is, there, there's been a scripture or a verse that, that's been, he's been trying to get across to you in your trial. The question is, are you listening? Are you sensitive enough? And I'm telling you, someone needed to hear this because someone listening to me, either here or radio and internet, whatever, or on a CD, Someone keeps saying, why does this verse keep coming to me? Because the Holy Spirit not only is trying to get you to draw strength, he wants you to verbally speak it into the situation. Send forth the word so that the word can work for you. I'm telling you, there's something to this speaking thing. Our words are powerful. When we speak the word of God, we release heaven's resources into our situation. We literally release heavenly hosts, angels, into our situation. The Bible says that they hearken unto the voice of the Lord, Psalm says. Who gives voice to the word of the Lord on the earth? Jesus isn't going to come back to earth. He's up in heaven right now. Are you hearing me? That's why the Holy Spirit on the inside is giving you scriptures. And it's not just to hold on to and keep your mouth shut. He's saying, speak them. Because heaven's resources are, get, are, are, are they're, they're, I can just picture it. I can just picture angels up in heaven right now saying, all right, all right, come on. Just, just speak the word. Speak the word. I'm ready to come down and help you. Come on. Can you, can you picture it? It sounds funny, but I'm serious. I can just picture it. Heaven's resources. Go ahead. Come on, just speak the word. Come on, we're ready to go. You know, some of our, some of our angels, some of the angels around here are pretty bored. Some of your guardian angels are pretty bored. I'm telling you right now. You're not putting them to work. They're, they're here to minister for. Say for. For the heirs of salvation. We don't exalt, we don't worship angels, no, but you need to know they're part of heaven's arsenal. They're our bodyguards. I don't know about you, but I want the fullness of the ministry of angels in my life. Hallelujah. Sometimes your rhema word will come when you're reading the Bible. And as you're reading a passage, a certain scripture, have you ever had this? It jumps out at you. I mean, I mean, it's like fireworks go off in your spirit, man. Well, that's not just to make you feel good. That's the Holy Spirit saying, speak this word over your situation. Speak it. Speak the word. And it will accomplish that which it was sent to do. It's a rhema. It's a right now word from the Holy Spirit tailored for that specific situation. Hallelujah. So send forth the word of God. Send it forth and be still. See, when you send forth the word and you have faith, you know that, that all of heaven's resources got your back. They're working in your situation. That is when you can be still. If you don't know that, if you doubt God's love for you, if you doubt heaven's resources working for you, I guarantee you, you are not still right now. You're being eaten up by anxiety and fear and worry and stress. Send forth the word. Believe it. Stand on it. 
live by it, be still and know that he is God and heaven is at work for you. Now, I want to close this service by reading Psalm 20. I love this psalm. I love it all, but oh, this is just a good way to end it. There was another message I did where I closed with it. And I just love this. It says, may the Lord answer you in the, in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he, now receive this as I'm speaking it. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings. Well, that might not be good for some. No, just joking. <laughs> just sacrifice of praise, amen. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. All right, let's put in there your praise. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Who sits at the right hand of God? Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Oh, I like this. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. May the King answer us when we call. And I say this to you. May we not stumble over trials, but rather use them as stepping stones to draw closer to our Heavenly Father. May it be used to refine and strengthen our faith. And may His face shine upon us as we abide in the Lord Jesus Christ. And may the joy of His salvation overtake, strengthen, and sustain us in this life until we go home to be with him in glory forever. If you agree with that, say amen and stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Jesus, we praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God, I just plead the blood of Jesus Christ over every person in this place right now. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over this building, this property, every person, every person listening to me, every born-again Christian, every child of God, anywhere on the earth right now, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over you. And I say, Satan, you loose them. You loose their families. You loose their marriages in the name of Jesus Christ right now. And Father, I pray you would encamp your children with your holy angels, God. That you would strengthen your people. Now, maybe there's someone in here, you're saying, Pastor James, I, I sure would like in on that, but I'm not a child of God. I'm a child of the devil. I've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. You can do it right now, today. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come forward. To this altar and I just want to have an opportunity to pray with you today and give you a new birthday the Holy Ghost will give you a new birthday become born again filled with the Holy Spirit a child of God so that you can not only live a victorious life on this earth but you will avoid hell the pits of hell the lake of fire for eternity maybe there's someone in here you're in a backslidden condition you've fallen away from the Lord you know you're you've been slacking 
And today you want to make it right. You want to come back to him. You want the joy of God's salvation restored in your life. That's you. I want you to come forward. Next, maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Yes, you made Jesus Lord of your life, but you've never received what the Bible calls the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is, in fact, a second experience. If you've never done that, I want to invite you to come forward. Maybe you need a physical healing in your body, in your mind. You feel like you're in bondage to fear and, and anything that the devil has thrown to you. Maybe you didn't come to the healing service. You just need prayer today. I want you to come forward. The rest of you, I want you to lift your hands and just thank God for his divine protection. I want to say this. I had a dream. Those of you who need prayer, go ahead and come on up. I want to say this. I had a dream a few weeks back. And this, it, you know, dreams are kind of strange. The Lord I, hasn't really spoke to me through dreams a whole lot, but I knew this one was from the Lord. There was this murderer who came into my house. And uh, there was other people in there that I have no idea who they were. You know how dreams can just be kind of strange and vague. And this murderer was holding up this individual and had a gun to his head. And all of a sudden, the police, two policemen showed up. And, and they had their guns like this at the murderer, okay, pointing at the murderer. And this murderer had the gun, and, and, and he kind of acted like, oh, you got me. And he set the gun down. And the policeman went, all right, and they turned their back. And all of a sudden, the murderer picked it up and shot the policeman. The Lord was showing us, don't let your guard down. Now's not the time. The devil's a thief. The devil's a murderer. Are you seeing this? Don't, as a Christian, don't let your guard down because Satan will take advantage of it. The moment you let your guard down, he's going to get you. He's going to attack. Now's not the time. We need to stand strong. Are you hearing me? Thank you, Lord. You can go ahead and turn the music back on. But I wanted to share that with you just to show you the the importance of this the lord is really trying to get this across we need to press in like never before because we are truly in an evil day and age we need to be led by the holy spirit more than ever amen lift your hands to the lord and thank him for his divine protection call upon the name of the lord right now say lord intervene in this situation whatever your situation is invite him right now don't wait till you leave invite him right now come in if there's someone in this place you never made Jesus Lord of your life or listening around the world right now, simply say, God, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. I, I, I realize I'm a sinner. And I realize now that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died on the cross. He was buried. He rose on the third day. He shed his blood for me to take my sins away. And I receive Jesus Christ and I confess him as Lord I confess Jesus as Lord of my life and guys now you can switch that and say thank you Heavenly Father
because now you were just translated. If you've done that in, in faith, believing, you have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into God's into the kingdom of God's dear Son. You are now a child of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just turn that up a little bit more. And just worship the Lord as this place. Thank Him for His provision. You know what? Even step out and confess it as sin, all the doubt and unbelief that you've had in His Word. We've all been there. We've all done this. This is not a condemnation thing. Come on, we'd, we'd be foolish if we admitted we never fell into that. Of course we have. Of course we have. Father, forgive us. Forgive us. We have a more sure word of prophecy through your holy word. And we choose to believe your word. We choose to it. And yes, we've traded our sin for a life with you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody for prayer, just come forward. Step with yours. Keep my eyes on you. Keep my eyes on you.
Elizabeth, is there any announcements? What, what did you want? Oh, the, the, the directories are not ready today. So they'll be next Sunday or Wednesday. So visitors, thanks for coming. Wonderful service. Um, chili cook-off on Wednesday. Tuesday night leadership meeting. Wednesday night chili cook-off. And have a blessed week. God bless you. <laughs>